Messaging is this like organic thing, especially in the early days. Once you really develop product market fit and you have a much better sense of who your ideal customer is and you've done tons and tons of research, it can slow down. But in the early days, being agile, being adaptable is going to be a very effective competitive edge for you. And that's just how it goes, right? You need to be able to adjust as you go so that it is constantly improving. You are listening to the High Growth Founders Podcast, where we give you unfiltered truth and ideas about accelerating the growth of your startup and becoming the founder you were born to be. No fluff, no games, just straight to business. I'm your host, Casey Jones. Through my career as a coach, consultant, advisor, and mentor, I've worked with hundreds of founders on their go-to-market strategy, building an authentic personal brand, and growing as a leader. You are here for one thing, growth. And this show is dedicated to helping founders accelerate growth, period. We will dive into not only the best strategies that are working today, but discuss the biggest mistakes and failures that industry leaders have made in the past so you don't have to. So kick back, relax, and let's get into the show. There's an old saying in marketing, confused people do not buy. And this is a really, really important message for startup founders to really think about. Because most of you don't come from a marketing background. And most of you don't really tend to to take a ton of time figuring out how to message your product super well. And it winds up being one of the biggest hurdles that your your product, your company is going to have to leap over in order to find traction with your target audience. Right? So how can you put together messaging that is compelling? that makes your target, uh, your ideal customer say, oh my goodness, I need that. Where do I sign up? How do I give you my money? And what we're going to talk about today is the fact that there are seven really, really common mistakes that I see in all of the conversations I have with the startups that I work with. So no, if you avoid all of these, it's not a guarantee that you are going to have amazing messaging, but it's going to get you a whole lot closer. And if you can avoid these, and I guarantee you, almost everybody listening has at least a couple of these that you are currently doing. They are really common. And if you can avoid these, you're going to set your business up for a much greater chance at success, much greater ability to captivate and capture the attention and the excitement and the money of your target audience. And it's going to set you up for success. So keep listening. These are the seven most common mistakes that I see startups make when it comes to their messaging. And I want to be really clear before we really start talking about each and every single one of these, why does this matter in the first place? Your messaging, this is where the brand is won or lost. If your target audience does not understand what it is that you do, why it matters for them, why they should care, you're dead in the water. They're not going to pay any attention to doing the research or investigating or trying to figure it out. It is not their job to try to figure out why they should give a damn about you and your product. That's your job. 
And there's a great saying, confused people don't buy. And so this is what it all comes down to. How clear are you making it to your target audience why they need you and your product, right? How clear is it for them? And if it is not absolutely crystal clear, you are leaving money on the table, period, end of story. And so we're going to talk through the seven most common mistakes that I see when it comes to thinking through this messaging and putting it all together. And I'm going to talk more about some basic, some sort of simple and tactical things that you might be screwing up, you might be getting wrong. And I promise you, these are really common. (laughs) And I would bet actually really good money that 90% of the founders that are listening to this, if I took a look at your messaging, I could probably find that you're doing, I don't know, at least three or four of these. And way too many of you are doing all seven. So number one, what is the most common mistake I see startups make when it comes to their message? Well, it's that they're not talking to their customers often enough. And I want to be clear. I know you talk to your customers, especially if you have a service-based business or a complex sale. I know you talk to your customers, but the point is you need to talk to your customers, not just about your product, not just about servicing them or solving their specific problem. You need to find out more about what they struggle with, what they deal with. Why did they buy in the first place? What are the other things that they looked at? How are they solving this problem before they bought your product or solution? Right? Like those are some of the things that I need you to to really think about. It's about deeply understanding your customer. What makes them tick? What do they worry about? What are their goals? What are their hopes? What are their dreams? All the rest of it. And when I say customer, I don't mean if you are B2B, I don't mean the business. I mean, the individual people that use your product and the ones that also sign on the dotted line and actually are responsible for purchasing it. So if you're not having regular conversations with your customers, and when I say you, I mean founders, I mean the marketing department, especially the marketing department, salespeople, they're, they're talking all the time, right? And I do think that you know, sales enablement or whoever is supporting your sales department, they should be doing this as well. But marketing and product and the founders, you, you've got to be super in touch with your customers. You've got to be super in touch with what they struggle with and what are the goals they're trying to hit so that you can better serve them, so that you can deliver more value, so that you can freaking wow them. Okay. And truly messaging is 10 times better if it is in your customer's words, not yours. And so the easiest way to do that is just to regularly do customer research, regularly do these interviews. So number two, and this, Ooh, this one is so freaking common. So, and this one is especially common. If you are a founder who is solving a, a problem that you once had, this is probably this is probably your your chief i don't know guilt this is the this is the thing you're you're probably most likely to do and it is terrible so number 2 is that you assume you know what your customer cares about or you know everything there is to know about your customer because you once were them i'm going to give you an example i used to work for a company where it was two um, product engineering leaders 
who built the product and it was all about improved analytics for product and engineering teams. And they were like, oh my God, we've been engineering leaders for years. We are building this product because we had this problem. And so now we're building the product. So why do you think they didn't know what their customer really cared about? And I'm going to give you two examples. One, your ideal customer you are not your ideal customer because your ideal customer doesn't want to actually go solve this problem. They want to just buy a product that's going to do it for them. And those are two very distinctly different um, mindsets to be in. Okay. The, the type of person that wants to solve the problem themselves, that is a distinctly different type of person than the person who just wants to go buy a product to fix it for them. Okay. Two totally different things. And then the second thing, is you probably have been building this software or you've been building this product, this solution for the last year and a half, two years. The product has changed in those two years. How you would solve that problem now without your product is totally different from how you were solving it two years ago when you were dealing with that yourself. Okay, these are two very, very, very big things that make you not your ideal customer. And way too often, founders think, oh, no, 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 I had this problem. I don't need to go do a bunch of interviews because I understand it, in, you know, the ins and outs of it. You really don't. You really, really, really do not. You need to be doing this customer research so that you can much more deeply understand your customer because you are not your ideal customer, I promise you. Okay, number three, you're talking way too much about your product or its features. No one gives a shit about your product. They just don't. They only care about the outcome. They only care about what it's going to do for them, how it's going to solve their problem or help them reach their goals. Okay. And way too often you fall in love with your product. Okay. You fall in love with the features that you created. And seriously, I I literally just had this conversation with a client like two days ago. No, today's Monday. As I record this, it was on Friday, (laughs) but so three days ago, but This is super common. What you as the founder think of as the most compelling feature in your product, I guarantee that what you think is the most compelling part of your product is not what your ideal customer does. And I've seen this over and over again. And it doesn't matter if it's a technical product. It doesn't matter if it's a service. The stuff that you like about your product is usually not what your customer does. And you got to learn what your customer cares about. Okay. There's a great saying in kind of the tech and SaaS industry. Um, I remember the first time I heard it and I just became obsessed with it. And it's this idea of you need to fall in love with your problem, the problem your product solves, not your product. Fall in love with the problem, not the product. Okay. The product doesn't matter. It's the problem and how you solve it. And the other reason why that's important is, yes, it's very important on the messaging standpoint, but it's also very important on a product strategy standpoint, because way too often we fall in love with some aspect of our product and we don't want to change it because we think it's so freaking cool, but our customer really doesn't. And holding on to that feature or that the way that it functions or the way that it works is actually holding our product development back. So again, your product and its features, that's not re- remote. It's not important at all in your messaging. 
The only thing that is important is how you solve their problem. What are the outcomes that your product or service are able to deliver for your customers? What are you able to help them achieve? What problems are you able to help them solve? What goals are you able to unlock for them because you solve those problems? And again, I want to be clear, we're talking about the ultimate end user, the buyer, not the business. Okay, people, people buy products. Businesses don't. A business, they don't have the ability to buy a product. It's the people at the business. So you've got to really understand what are the outcomes that those individual people care about. If you're listening to this show, I know you care about growth, growth of the revenue and even better, the profits of your business, growth of the freedom and autonomy in your life and growth of yourself as a founder. And you are exactly who I created the High Growth Founders newsletter for. When you subscribe every week, you get an email with simple, actionable advice to help you be the high growth founder you were meant to be. No BS, no fluff, just the strategies, tactics, and resources I've learned that help you grow your business and yourself as a founder. So go to newsletter.highgrowthfounders.com and subscribe today. So number four, we're kind of, we're talking about this and it's the focusing too much on how and not enough on what and why. And what do I mean by this? So way too often, and again, this goes back to being obsessed with our product. Way too often, we think that the magic is in how we solve their problem, the technology or the algorithm or the particular feature or functionality of the product or the specific method of the service. And guess what? People do not care. They'll be interested in it once you've captured their attention with your sales messaging, your sales or marketing messaging. They'll be interested in the how, but it's only once you've really delivered on the promise of what that outcome actually is. Okay? So you want to focus a lot more on what you do what problem you solve for them, what outcome you are able to achieve for your customers. And you also want to focus on the why. Okay, your mission matters. And why really, that's the differentiator. Most of us have, you have kind of a philosophy about this problem that you're solving and the approach that you're taking in order to solve it. And being able to talk about that and talk about it with kind of meaning and, and, and some heart and some passion, people will absolutely latch onto that. And I'm sure all of you have heard that whole Simon Sinek quote, where he says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And yeah, people do will buy what you do, but why you do it is what turns it into, I don't know, a widget that solves a widget that solves their problem and turns that into a brand that they are super loyal to, something that they can really hold onto, that they can latch onto. Okay, so combining that what and that why, it makes your messaging 10 times more motivating, more inspiring, more captivating. It delivers some serious oomph behind that message that you're putting together. 
So number five, and I guarantee some of you are going to roll your eyes at this one. Number five though, huge mistake is talking too much about yourself or your company in your marketing messaging. Okay. I love doing this. I will go to companies' websites. And if a company's website is only talking about we or us or using their brand name, it's immediately going to kind of fall flat. But if you go to their company website and it's talking about you and it is speaking to that ideal customer, speaking directly to them, that feels different. And again, no one really cares about you, at least in the early part of the conversation. They don't care about when your company was founded or the founder story. They really don't. They want to know what problems you solve for them, why you do it. Okay. What is the ultimate outcome that you are going to deliver for them? So I want you to go back and look at your company's website. And yeah, obviously on the, the about us. You need to talk a little bit about your company. It's great to talk about kind of culture and all these other things, but that's mainly because you also want to be talking about your company and your product in a way that attracts uh, recruiting talent, right? It attracts great job candidates. You've got to be always hiring, right? It's good for that. But if we're talking about sales and marketing messaging, you need to take the company story slide out of your pitch deck. Nobody cares. And if you want to have things like the slide of all the logos of all of the companies that you sold to, things like that, that's fine, but it's got to be towards the end. It, you don't open with that. Okay. That you don't open with the awards you've won or anything like that. You open with why it matters to them. What kind of a big industry shift is going on that you are going to help them navigate? How are you their partner? How are you their guide in all of this? What do you do for them? Okay, another one that is very, very, very common, way too common, is using terminology that your customer doesn't. So I want to be clear. I know that it is very motivating and it is a real trend and it is a worthwhile one to shoot for sometimes that you might be thinking about uh, category creation, right? Creating a new term in your industry. And that's okay. You can do that. But I want to be really clear. You can only do one at a time. And I was just working with another client and they really wanted to change. I think it was three or four different terms all at once. They wanted to create a new category and then they wanted to change multiple terms that were very common in their industry all at once. And I had to say to them, you can't do it. You got to pick one. If you're going to try to create a new category, that's the only new term that you get to introduce. And this is also another common one of wanting to use jargon, use acronyms or terminology that is relevant to your industry or relevant to your product but is not really commonly used. And honestly, if I go to your website, I should see zero jargon. My mother, who is who just turned 75, my mother should be able to go to your website and understand basically what you do. And if you're using a bunch of jargon, you're using a bunch of acronyms and things like that, 
that's not going to happen. And you are going to lose people really, really quickly. All it does is confuse. So you need to be very careful. And again, this is why it's really helpful to do these customer research interviews. I've fallen victim to this as well. I came up with a really, what I thought was a really clever turn of phrase to explain what I do. And when I would use it, if I explained it, people thought it was clever too. They liked it, but I had to explain it. And it was never a term that my ideal customer would use to describe themselves. And all that did was create distance. Didn't work. Okay. So the whole point is about creating a deep and meaningful connection with your ideal customers. And that means using language they use. You want your customer to go to your website and think, oh my God, they're speaking directly to me. That's the impact you want to create. That's the reaction you want to get from your ideal customer. And if you're using a bunch of jargon or you're using a bunch of terminology that your customer doesn't, that is not going to happen. And last, but definitely not least is not regularly iterating. And what do I mean by that? I mean that that your marketing messaging is going to need to change quite a bit, especially in the early days. You're still figuring out your product. You're still figuring out product market fit. And that means you're going to need to be able to regularly adjust how you communicate about your product. And so you've got to work that into your strategy. Two things you need to work into your strategy. One is constant, constant, constant customer research. Constant. As often as you can, find ways to learn more about your target audience. Find ways to learn more about what your customer deals with, what they struggle with, all the rest. And number two, nearly every time you do another round of those interviews, you got to go back to your messaging and you got to make some adjustments. You're going to learn more and more about how your customer describes themselves, how they describe the problem that they're facing, how they solve it today. How do they want to be able to solve it? What does solving this problem mean for them? What doors does it open? What money does it generate? What opportunity does it unlock? Okay, you've got to deeply understand that and you've got to constantly be working it into your messaging. And no, this doesn't mean you need to go through a massive rebrand all the time, but you do need to be working this messaging iterations into your strategy so that you're constantly improving. Messaging is this like organic thing, especially in the early days. Once you really develop product market fit and you have a much better sense of who your ideal customer is and and you've done tons and tons of research, it can slow down. But in the early days, being agile, being adaptable is going to be a very effective competitive edge for you. And that's just how it goes, right? You need to be able to adjust as you go so that it is constantly improving. Those are the seven seven most common mistakes that I see when startups are developing their startup messaging. And this is exactly, this is the stuff that you need to pay attention to and adjust so that you are not making these mistakes and you can set yourself up for success. Because again, confused people do not buy. So this is the stuff that is going to give you the best shot at having very clear concise and compelling messaging that prompts your ideal customer to take action. 
I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the High Growth Founders Podcast. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show of whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from. Much like this show, I love getting into the good, the bad, and everything in between. So please feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we are all here to learn from one another. So please, if this episode made you think of a founder who is leveling up in their business, take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're looking for some help identifying where you have the most opportunity to grow your startup or yourself, take my growth audit at a betterjones.com slash growth audit. You'll answer some questions about your business and yourself as a leader that will shed some light on where you can improve. Plus, you'll have the chance to book some time with me to talk through your results. Okay, that's what I've got. In love and growth, I am out of here. See you next time.